Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Sometimes life takes unexpected turns, and uh, that's kind of the way it's, these past few weeks have been for me. So uh, I appreciate you. Um, allowing me to have a little bit of time to sit in uh, grief with my friends and uh, and please continue to keep uh, their family and friends, including my family, um, in prayer. Um, now, because I had to take a little bit of a pause um, in this sermon series um, and, and some other things, I'm, I'm going to try to just condense the rest of First John <laughs> um, today. So, uh, so hang on to your hats. We're going to go over a lot of stuff. <laughs> and um, also, also, uh, well, we'll just get into it. So first thing we're going to do is we're just going to read. So um, feel free to follow along on up here um, or in your Bibles. But let's just read the word. This is 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they're from God because of many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and is even now already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And this is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever loves lives in God and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us so that we may have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. And this is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this love for God, this is love for God, to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son accepts his testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you that you may believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If you see a brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray to God, and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. And your children, keep yourselves from idols. That's a whole lot. I don't usually read that much scripture at one time out loud. But uh, I wanted to focus us and center us. So let's pray. God, this is your word. And we pray that it's your words that we carry. That's etched on our hearts, Lord. That's etched into our lives so that we might remember you. In Christ's name, amen. So, with all of that, um, it's kind of hard to like say, like, okay, this is the part that we're going to talk about today. Um, but luckily, John explicitly says, this is the main idea, um, which is found in verses 513. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. He says, this is the main idea. So um, we're going to focus on that. And now it's hard, because there's, there's a lot in those chapters. Um, 
and I hate that we don't have time to talk about it. Um, there's more about the Antichrists and sins that lead to death and sins that don't lead to death and idols. Um, but all of those are given to help us remember that life is found in Jesus. That's the important thing. That's the main thing. And so we're going to get to the main thing. But because those are such big distractions, I just want to get them out of the way. Um, so um, when John's referring to the spirit of the Antichrist, he's referring to that which denies Jesus as Christ. And actually, we preached, I did a sermon about this a couple weeks ago earlier in John chapter 2. Um, so he claims the world's full of Antichrists. And Antichrists means people. It doesn't mean, you know, like a mythical satanic figure. It means people that once loved, trusted, and believed in Jesus, but for some reason or another, no longer follow him. And John warns us about those antichrists because those are the people we love. Right? I don't know how many of you have had people that have fallen away from faith that you love, um, that were influential in our life and lost their way. And they're now either leading people away from Jesus um, because of their example, or in some cases, actively leading them away from their faith. Um, John warns us about antichrists and the spirits of those antichrists. And those spirits, they lead, um, that leads us right into the sins that lead to death. Sins that lead to death are sins that lead people away from Jesus, the author of life. Uh, John warns us, protect your heart around people that lead you away from Jesus. Protect your heart around that. Be careful about even praying for them because they're walking into death. Don't follow them. They're moving in the wrong direction. It's the wrong way. And Jesus is about life. Real life. Um, not abstract pie in the sky when you die. But real life with Jesus. Life as in breathing, eating, touching. All those things that John experienced with Jesus during Jesus' life. Um, and he writes all of this to help us understand and live into our eternal life with Jesus. That's why John wrote this book. That's the main idea. He wants us to trust in the life that Jesus has given to us. And um, over this year, we've spent a lot of time talking about the love of Christ. That's been the whole focus of this year. Um, so it's been the overriding message. God loves us. Jesus loves us. And all that that love entails, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Right? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's a picture of Jesus. Uh, John's explicit. Those are not the things that God does. It's who God is. That's who God is. It's part of the fabric of God's nature. And when we exhibit those qualities, when we demonstrate love, it's an outpouring. It's, it's an overflow of the abundant love that God has worked in our lives. Uh, verses 4, or chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. And on, in verses 15 and 16, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God, 
And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. God's love is the anchor of our faith. And that love is rooted in Christ's sacrificial love for us. It's the starting point of all love. 4.10 This is love, not that we love God, but God loves us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Um, and I, I've been saying this before, so, but you know it's important to get the context of these things. Um, John is writing about false teachers that didn't really believe Jesus was a real person. Okay, they kind of thought he was just kind of like a spirit. He had the appearance of, of a person. And so John is hammering this over and over again. John keeps saying, Jesus, right? Jesus, who called me beloved, right? Because John was this disciple called beloved, who entrusted me to take care of his mom when he died. Jesus, my friend, he died. He died in real life. And it was for a real purpose. Don't cheapen his death by making it seem overly spiritual, like he was some ghostly spirit pretending to be human. Jesus was real. He was my friend, and he died to save us. Jesus is God's love in action. It's what happens when God sees a people, sees a whole creation that's hurt and broken and lost. He rescues them. He takes the sin, and remember, sin is all that is contrary to the way God created things to be. He takes, he takes the sin upon himself. I mean, and then is there anything more contrary than the way things are meant to be than a creator being killed by his creation? <laughs> so, yeah, that's contrary to the way things were made. The things that honor, the things of the world that were meant to honor God and to display his glory or what killed him. And Jesus entered into this broken, dysfunctional relationship willingly to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring holiness. Right? That's love. And I'm not saying, um, to clarify, I'm not saying that the most vulnerable among us are to enter into abusive relationship. Um, that's messed up. Uh, that perpetuates abuse and sin. And Jesus was about breaking the power of sin. Because when Jesus came into the world, when Jesus came, Jesus is the one with the most authority, the most power. Right? And he laid it down. He set it aside. He set aside his privilege by taking accusations, by taking blame, by taking hate, by taking shame, by taking every excuse that humanity, others, by taking all of it and dying under the weight of it all. That's the cross. And that's why we're here. That's kind of what Sunday mornings are about, is remembering that creation killed its God. But that God rose from the dead. And John is frightened that people would forget who his friend was and what his friend had done. Um, Jesus' love is his death. And his, his death is our death. It's the death of every sin, of every heartbreak, of every tear, of every bit of blame and accusation that keeps us from God. 
And that's actually one of the big things about the Covenant Church. Um, probably one of the best bits of uh, covenant theology, in my opinion. That the cross, um, Jesus' atonement for sins, isn't about changing God. It's not, um, the cross is not Jesus paying a fine on behalf of people for their bad behavior. God's always loved and yearned to be back into relationship with us. The cross is about changing who we are. It's about leading us to life and allowing us to participate in his love. And that participation, the joining in with God, following Jesus' model and actually loving the world, that's the proof that we are alive in him. This is John 14. Or sorry, this is John 4, 17. And I'm going to skip down to 20. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Then skipping to 20. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother and sister, is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Now, God wants us to know that the love that we're supposed to have for one another is, is supposed to be real because Jesus is real, right? It's not an abstract love. It's a real love. It's not a general disposition towards humanity. It's caring for widows and orphans. It's feeding refugees and immigrants. It's offering clothing. It's offering medical services. It's providing housing. So love is not an abstract thing. It's what we're doing. Because Jesus did not love us in abstract. He laid down his life for us. And we are to follow his model, laying down our life, giving of our own material goods for our brothers and sisters in need, being inconvenienced for one another. Church, uh, the heresy that John was arguing against in this book um, was an overly spiritualized faith that divorces our souls from our bodies. And that heresy is alive and well. I mean, how often do we hear that the church should just focus on the gospel instead of talking about all that other stuff, like poor people, or justice, or how to use money, or race, or gender, or sexuality, right? God cares about real people, real people, how we really live, because God loves our bodies. Um, that has been the joke all year in my household, um, because earlier this year I preached the sermon from Colossians 2.15 about how God loves and cares for our physical bodies. And that left an impression on my kids and my wife. And all year, they have just dropped jokes daily about how God loves their body. <laughs> and, uh, and at first, I kind of wished I preached the sermon differently because of all the giggles and um, all the teasing. But, uh, but now I like it. <laughs> Because I know that they remembered it. They really remember it. And I pray that it goes beyond just a joke to a truth that they're internalizing. That God loves our bodies. Jesus died for our bodies, our, our, our real bodies, because our physical self will be renewed. Because when we say that we will have eternal life, it isn't as a disembodied spirit. We're not going to be ghosts. Eternal life means life. It means flesh and blood. Um, 
Uh, many of you know that two Sundays ago, Alyssa and I uh, uh, lost our, our dear friend Sarah in a, in a scuba accident. And uh, it doesn't make sense. It's a very popular winter diving area that she died in, and no one's even heard of anybody dying in that area. Um, it was shallow. She should have been able to just, it wasn't a deep dive, it was like 10 feet of water. She should have been able to just come up for air. Um, but for some reason, she couldn't. And she died. And, uh, and I can tell you, I am heartbroken. I am heartbroken. And, and I am irritable. Um, and I'm angry. And I'm sad. I'm all those things. And uh, even the sermon, which took me way longer than I should have to write. But I didn't know how to write about life. But here's the thing. I know that God loves Sarah. Not in some weird, spiritually abstract way. But actually loves her. Who she actually is. Like, all five feet of her. She's short. All five feet of her. Red-haired and full of fire. Because she was fiery. And that love means that death is not her story. God loves her. And just like Jesus uh, once told a girl that he was going to, he was asked to heal that died as Jesus was on his way. Um, he said that girl wasn't dead. She's just asleep. And I believe that. That Sarah is not dead. And she's just asleep. And she will wake up, not as a ghost, not as a disembodied spirit, but with air in her lungs and blood in her veins. Because Christ gives life. That's what this is all about. It's about life. And life doesn't end just because a body stops working for a while. Church, our faith isn't just a moral code. It isn't just an abstract belief system. Sure, there are morals, and there are ideas, and there are beliefs. That's, that's all part of it, yeah. But it's more about that, more than that. It's how we live. It's how we move. It's how we interact with the world around us. It is how we show up at work. It is how we drive our cars. It's how we make choices about what we eat. It's about how we look at one another. It's about how we receive, live into, and pass along God's love. And we do this now in our lives. That eternal life starts now. And we continue to do this into eternity. We continue to do this into eternity. That is the main thing. Right? That we are loved. That our life goes on long after our body stopped working. 
there is a resurrection and there is hope there is goodness and that's the main thing let's pray Holy Father Lord uh, Lord teach us to live into your life into the life that you offer us teach us how to be a people of resurrection a people that loves like you love that follow your model from now and into the fullness of eternity in Christ's name Amen worship team